0: What's up, Magic fans? It's playoff time. Big stakes, bigger promotions. Every day of basketball playoffs, DraftKings will have $20,000 in total prizes up for grabs. The best part is free to get your shot at all these daily cash prizes. DraftKings will be offering two free to play pools every day of the NBA playoffs, offering players a free shot at $20,000 in total prizes. DraftKings free to play pools are easy to enter. Just download the DraftKings app, go to pools, And choose from a wide variety of free contests for an opportunity to win cash prizes. All you have to do is answer a handful of questions around what you think is going to happen during the days of the basketball games. And track your results through the evening. Some of the questions will range from which teams will hit the most threes to which team will score first. DraftKings is safe, secure, and reliable, so you can deposit and withdraw your money at your own convenience. All you got to do is download the top-rated DraftKings app now and use promo code TBPN when you sign up to get your free shot at $20,000 in total prizes every day of the basketball playoffs. Head to DraftKings' pool page to get your shot at huge cash prizes. The promo code TBPN for a limited time only at DraftKings. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com for full details. Live from Orlando, Florida, you're now listening to the Ozone Podcast, the voice of Orlando Magic fans. Join us every week for a unique fan perspective on all of the latest magic news and updates. The show starts now. Welcome back to another episode of the Ozone Podcast, brought to you by DraftKings and part of the Basketball Podcast Network. We're your hosts, Al, myself, Anthony, and today is May twentieth, which is one day post um, the the playing tournament, which was really interesting. A lot of drama went down yesterday, so um, it's really good to see that postseason basketball is back into play. And uh, in today's episode, we're going to talk some postseason uh, interview from Jeff Weltman, um, some tankathon simulation that we're going to try out for the first time today talk a little coach Clifford and some other things around the magic and joining us to do that, um, is Twitter personality, not bill. And, uh, you may not know if you don't know him by his name, then you definitely know him by his Twitter handle, which is, uh, the Lando. What's up, sir?
1: Oh, no, man. Thanks for having me on.
0: Yeah, man. Excited. If you don't, if you haven't interacted, um, with the Lando, um, by far one of the most respected, uh twitter followers out there if you're not following him already you should if you don't hear what he talks about the game you should you're already late but it's not too late because we're going to get to get to know you a little bit so uh i um, definitely uh nabil introduce yourself
1: um so my name is nabil Diab. um i made the lando account uh, a few years ago uh, pretty much just to have a community to talk to with about the magic um you know your family and friends don't really want to hear about this stat and that stat and, you know, what Coach Clifford said after the game. So it uh, gave me a community to talk to, and it's, it's just blown up over the years, and it's, it's been fun.
0: Yeah, so I, I've had my Instagram page for for a couple of years now, and that's that's kind of the premise of why I started mine because none of my family cared about hearing yeah. rant about the Orlando Magic, so it gave me a kind of a, a little venting outlet. Um, what exactly. made you what made you become an Orlando Magic fan of all the teams that you can choose? Why Orlando? Why the um, Magic? So I,
1: I had a couple of family friends when I was like really young that would get us like uh, really nice tickets to the game, so I'd be like three, four years old sitting like five rows up. And like, you know, it was, that was just like 90s, late 90s Magic Basketball when like the arena was just popping. And um, like, I just had great experiences and, and it just made me into a fan from when I was really young. And then probably when I was like uh, six or seven years old, like the TMAC years came into play and that just made me fall in love with the game pretty much from that point on.
0: That was a beautiful era. Yeah.
1: yeah so,
2: so I'm going to assume then, that and I'll ask you the question, but who, who was your favorite player at that time? I would assume it's T-Mac, but I'm going to ask you, sure. who, who was that player that made you fall in love with, with the Magic and the game?
1: For sure, T-Mac, man. I mean, like, in my opinion, he's one of the best to ever play the game. I mean, Kobe himself said he's literally the hardest player he's ever had the guard. So, I mean, he, he was an amazing player to watch um, when he was in Orlando. And I also had some, like, personal experience with him that was, like, really exciting for me when I was a kid. Um, so I used to play outside my house every day in a, in a team act jersey, literally every single day. Like, uh, I would just swap through them. And one day, this, like, big white dude, like, Jax, came, like, from across the street. And he was waving at me, and I just, I ran. I was like, yo, who the hell, you know, who's this guy? And um, maybe, like, two, three days later, it happened again. And uh, this time, my dad was, and he was like, yo, this guy, you know, I don't know who this guy is. He's trying to kidnap me. And the was like, yo, whoa, whoa, chill. He's like, I'm, I'm Tracy McGrady's personal trainer. And I was like, wait, what? And he's like, yeah, I live across the street. I see you playing in, you know, Magic Gear and stuff. Like, I just wanted to give you some memorabilia. Like, you know, I got a couple of jerseys for nice. you. And I was like, yo, that's crazy. And then, like, maybe like a month later, um, T Mac literally pulled up to my house. Uh, and that was like a crazy experience for me as like a little seven year old. He just like came by before a game and he just like signed my 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 jersey and like was like, yo, watch the game tonight, thanks for supporting, yada yada. And that same night, he um he kicked the ball, I don't know if you remember, but he kicked the ball into the stands at halftime. Yeah. Yeah. So like that whole day, night was just like unforgettable. <laughs>
0: Nice. I mean, listen, yeah. if Tracy if Trace McGrady has to be your favorite player because there's only one right answer. It's not like you're gonna be a fan of you know right, Vince right Carter right. Or, or anything. <laughs> <laughs> no, i just I, I, was a, I was a big I, know,
2: Vince
1: I was Carter a big, fan, big, so I, I teased him. Yeah.
2: yeah, so so I'm gonna I'm gonna sit out on this one because I'm I'm outnumbered today, so I'm not even gonna to talk about that topic. <laughs>
1: <laughs> no, I hear you, man. I'm is <laughs> a man too, man. I mean like there's never been a better in game docker than VC, bro. But as a as an Orlando fan, I mean it's gotta be yeah, T Mac. So. For sure, no <laughs> doubt. <laughs> How yeah. about
2: all NBA though? So is T Mac your favorite player of all time, or do you have a like yeah, NBA yeah. player that?
1: I mean Michael Jordan, just like anybody else, is like one of the biggest influences like on any, I think, like basketball fan that's in their twenties or thirties or older, but like uh T Mac, you know, I-, I would definitely say is like number one for me. But after that, if I just have to like go away from magic players, um, I like a lot of different players, man. I love Kevin Garnett, like uh, back in the day, just the intensity he used to play with. You know, that's the kind of stuff I love to see from a player just really cares um, about winning and stuff. Uh, Steph Curry nowadays is my favorite player to watch. I mean, look, you don't even look have to look be this basketball. Look at the smile from now. <laughs> that's your boy?
2: <laughs> that's my guy, man. That's my guy. As yeah. things got older, I kind of transitioned to Steph.
1: Yeah, yeah. No, it's man, Seth's the man, man. Like, even if you're not really into basketball, you can enjoy watching Seth Barry. He's like the Patrick Mahomes of basketball. That's right.
0: That's right. Yeah, man. It for for me personally, it was hard for me to like any player outside of, of the magic. Like once I mm-hmm. once I got I got into the whole because uh growing up, my dad was a big time Shaquille O'Neal fan. Like massive. Right. And right. then that's kind of how I got introduced to the Orlando Magic. Um and then once you know, Shaq went to the Lakers. My dad went to the Lakers. Also, he became no. a big Lakers fan. And I, I just couldn't switch. At, at that point, I was watching yeah. so much Magic basketball. Um, but at that age, I was so young that I really didn't like grasp the game that much. So right. for me, Tracy McGrady was was the hook, and right. Tracy McGrady was was that dude at that time. You know, he was um, argue, arguably the best basketball player. Um, you know, during his prime, during his Orlando time, so
2: yeah,
0: um, you know, it was it was really really hard for me to like any other team, and e- even even now, as as fun as the Steph Curry's and the LeBron James are are fun to watch, if you're not wearing the Magic uniform. Yeah, it's just it's hard. It's hard for me to reach for. Yeah, yeah. Really, really I'm
1: 100 on board with that, man. It's it. I, I almost like hate every player that's not on the team sometimes. <laughs>
0: right. Ex- um, exactly. You know
1: what I mean? Especially if like one little thing happens. They don't even have to insult the team, but a, like Trey Young could like shimmy after after a. That's all it takes. Around, like, oh, yeah, that's it. That's, that's it. it. And, like, <laughs> we
0: we put him on the on the rev- the revenge list with uh with Kuzma. That's it.
1: Yeah. Like, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> Yeah, bro, we're pretty hostile on Magic Twitter. Anytime someone says anything, <laughs> we pop yeah, right on them, man.
0: It's a, it's a gang. It's a gang community. Yeah. <laughs> now, now, this past year, I, you know, obviously, has been. There's been a lot of highs and a lot of lows. Uh, if thinking back, um, what would be your your collective thoughts on how last season went? Would you consider it successful? Would you consider it, um, you know, trials and tribulations? How would you view it?
1: um I'd say it's a, a blessing in disguise um because uh, I think that you know it felt really crappy in the beginning just going through all those injuries after starting six and two I know a lot of us felt like um you know we could be like that fourth fifth seed in the east um and that just didn't work out and Markel going down was just like you know it hurts on on two levels just like you want to see develop and you want to win and, and, and you know he, he's obviously fits into both those categories, and so uh that sucked uh but you know I think Booch and gordon and, and evan getting traded was a blessing in disguise, and that would have never happened had we been like successful um and, and didn't lose all those games prior to the deadline um and so I think now having all these young guys in place uh that you know w- one thing that's special about these young guys I think is that. They all play well together. and No one's really trying to be the man. Um, I really only think RJ Hampton has that, like... Yeah, I mean, Cole Anthony, too, a little bit. Just that, like, you know, give me the ball and I'm going to score type mentality. But I think these guys can play well together. Like, if, if I'm going to compare it to, like, the last time we had a lot of young guys, you know, with, like, Fournier and, and Tobias and Depot and Bucic and Alfred, it felt like all of them kind of wanted to be the man. And things just sort of, like, you know, came to a point where like, they couldn't all like, you know, be on the team. And obviously we traded the wrong guy, <laughs> both the wrong guys and all people in Harris. But um, if I'm gonna compare that young team to this young team, I think that, you know, a guy like O'Kiki's super unselfish, Isaac super unselfish, Fulton's super unselfish, Wendell super unselfish, you know what I mean? Like they all can play off the ball a little bit, you know, like they don't need the ball in their hands to, to, to perform. And so I'm really excited about this young team. So like I said, it was a blessing in size. It was like that team beforehand making the playoffs two years in a row and probably would have made the playoffs again. Um, especially the way the East fared out this year. I mean, the Knicks, I mean, let's say the Knicks are like, you know, not that great, but I think the Magic would have won just as many games, um, honestly, if they were healthy. Um, but that not working out is okay. Cause I think the ceiling of that team I mean, like, how far are you gonna go when, like, Butchvic, Evan, and, and Gordon are your are your top three guys on most nights? You know what I mean? Like, yeah, not far at you all. You gonna go win a first round, maybe, if you're the fourth seed and you play the fifth, like, but you're not beating Boston, you're not beating Brooklyn, you're not beating Philly, just in my opinion. Um, uh, so I think it's good that we were start with some new guys.
2: Yeah, and I think uh, so. I know following up to to your statement right now, then that line, of course. A lot of things happen. A lot of young guys on the team now. So, right. based on what you're telling us right now, so you're happy with the outcome. You're excited for that next, the next uh, kind of era of Magic basketball then.
1: I am, man. I am. And, um, you know, I'm excited to see how, how the draft goes. Um, to be honest, like, I'm like the last guy to talk to about the draft. I just – I don't – I'm not qualified enough. I don't pay enough attention to, like, the college games. I usually just rely on everyone else on Magic Twitter to be like, yo, who do we like? Who should we draft? obviously i i've heard all the names you know Cave cunningham is apparently the best and jalen green jalen suggs look man I, I i've seen it like so many times to where like the guys who get hyped don't even end up being like decent role players sometimes mm-hmm. and like then That's the true. guys you sleep on just pop up so I, I really don't know i don't really think anyone else knows even the scouts don't really know but i hope i i think you know weltman and and, and uh hammond getting um Cole and Chuma have have were impressive. I think those guys like, um, you know, fifteenth. I think both of them were fifteenth. No, or am I wrong?
2: So Chuma was sixteenth, and, 16th and uh, I'm thinking Cole Anthony fifteen.
1: Fifteen, right? So I mean, yep. to get those guys at that stage of the draft, I and mean, it's pretty good. Like, so I I, I want to see what they do with the top three pick. Hopefully, um, you know, Jonathan Isaac too. I think the only p- person you could player you can criticize is maybe Mo Bamba um at the fifth pick but you know I'm excited to see who they get and and, and add to this mix I, I think they have something you know going in mind with the guys they have already uh, unselfish guys who could play together um so I'm excited man I'm excited to see where we go
0: yeah and this uh this front office when we first brought them in they were they were brought in to to with the knowledge of them being able to draft so well and be able to maximize their their maximize their draft stock. Um and you bring up a really good point, you know, being able to get Chuma, being able to get Cole Anthony and these. And mind you, these are players that, you know, their their draft stock kind of hurt a little bit because they experienced their their injuries. Mm-hmm. And um I'm not sure if you saw the the postseason interview that Jeff Waltman had. Um, but the whole entire time when he was talking, it seemed as if this was like the easiest interview yeah. that he's yeah. ever done uh he was in a good mood he was trying hard not to like laugh and smile the whole time because he knew like you know we're we're in a really really good position a really and good honestly, position I,
1: I think the team in general is it has been in the best mood i've seen it in and, and, and since like the dwight days like yep. all these yeah. guys are like really happy to play with each other even the even the guy like the veteran guys like gary harris and stuff like he, it looks like he loves being on the team even Terrence, you know, who's like 30 years old, probably wants to win a championship, but yeah, everyone just seems happy, and the young guys all get along. Like I said, if I were to compare it to the last time we had a bunch of young guys, I just think the cohesiveness on and off the floor with these guys is just like way different.
0: But you see, that's the part that kind of scares me a bit, and it might have been because I was very naive, but I thought that you know, Oladipo, Nikola Vucevic, uh Tobias Harris. Like I thought Alfred Pain, that nucleus that uh, they were gonna be, you know, disruptive. You know, once they got a little older right. and things were were starting going. And that obviously didn't pan out because you right. know we were a little impatient. Um but you're you're right. The players they they look like. And granted, they haven't spent that much time with one another with, with one another. Another. You have Wendell Carter barely on the team, uh, RJ Hampton, but they really do, and you can see it. They don't hide. You know how how much fun that they're having, um, yeah, and especially with as much losing as we did post the trade deadline. You know the fact that they're still playing basketball and having fun doing that, um, and you know there's there were a lot of epic moments you know past that deadline yeah. um that it's it's refreshing for sure
1: yeah no for sure man I, I i like where we're going with with this group no doubt
2: yeah and i got i got to add to that too it's not only on, on the players you can also see it on the fan base a lot uh, like you mentioned uh, on twitter you're seeing it um on the arena you're seeing it but i think it also passes on to the fan base and, and again personally myself i moved to orlando in 2016 i've gone to every game since then i haven't gone to mway with this level of excitement since the playoffs in 2009 Mm-hmm. 19. That's kind of the last time I remember it being with this, this much buzz around this team. Um, so again, if you add a top three pick to this team, some key free agency moves, so add some key veterans to this team. Again, I think the fan base is going to love it and, and be ready for what next season will look like.
0: Yeah, yeah. And I've I've said this before. Now is the perfect time for the Magic to kind of go through all of this, especially with you know the the battles of Stephen Curry, LeBron James, Kevin Durant. That they're they're kind of up there in age. I mean, mm-hmm. we we got really, really young, nineteen to twenty three year old players that you know their their ceiling is extremely, extremely high, and the way that the East is, I mean, you got the Boston Celtics playing in a playing tournament. You know, this right. was a team that was you know top three for the last couple of seasons. So the to me, in my opinion, the East is wide open, and uh, we've had Al and I we've had conversations about how long do we think that. You know, it would take for the team to start competing at a high level again, to where you know there's expectations to meet the playoffs. And I think that now with this playing tournament structure, you know, maybe fans might not have to wait as long as people think.
1: 100, percent yeah. I, I mean, I, I may mean, I'm being too so optimistic, but I, I think if Magic are healthy next year, they could they could be the 10th seed. Like, why not? You know, um, I, I just from the last few games of the season, it was like. You know, obviously we wanted to tank, but I was like, damn, these guys might win. These guys might win every, like, single every, night. Yeah,
0: every single night. like Cole Anthony one. just
1: taking over games. I'm like, dude, like, you know. So imagine <laughs> slow down, when you
0: Slow get, down a little bit.
1: Yeah, man. Then imagine you add, like, uh, let's say Kate Cunningham or even and, any talent from the draft that's, like, you know, going to contribute. Uh, and then you add Markel Fultz, who's definitely going to contribute. Jonathan Isaac, who definitely going to contribute. You know what I mean? Like, we already know that those guys make us instantly better. Um, you know what happens with Cole and, and, and Isaac and Chuma and Carter Jr. and our draft? It's like, hey, you know, like we'll be slept on in it. And it'll definitely be like, you know, maybe being a little over optimistic because we just haven't seen it yet. Uh, I feel good about it, man. I could I see us being in an, it. And I and I want them to. I don't, I don't want to tank next year, man. I don't want to. I don't want these guys to be like looking for another. We're already too young, <laughs> you know, like we don't need any more young guys. I think this group like should just. Compete every night, try to figure
2: it out together. Yeah. And, and it sure seems like these guys want to compete, right? You got RJ uh, going at it on, on Instagram. Yeah. You got Paul Anthony <laughs> going at it with Twitter fans saying like, yeah. hey, we want to win. we I to hit the tank. So I think yeah. when you get those guys healthy next season and you, again, hopefully we keep the vets. I really hope we keep either Terrence Ross or Harris. We need vets. And and Walton said that on the interview that he there will be vets with this team. Yeah. Um that those guys, those guys can help us, uh, you know, take it to the next level and win some games. Mm-hmm. I think the young guys that we have are hungry to win and they know the fan base is hungry to win. So I think all mm-hmm. that kind of adds up together to, to the team again, probably competing for a 10th seed or maybe even better next season. If health I think is so, there, yeah. that's the key.
1: I'd agree hundred percent. Um, you know, it depends on who those vets are, but, um, you know, I, I don't mind going to next season, but just having Terrence Ross, James Ennis and Gary Harris and, and MCW, uh, I think those guys like are willing to uh, step out of the way of those young guys. You know, it's not like when, you know, you sign like or trade for like Serge Ibaka and it's like, you know, it's my team now type of thing. You know, Um, I, I think we have good vets who will just like, you know, nourish our young guys and like teach them and, you know, contribute when they need to hit shots and play defense.
0: Yeah, and they the, the vets that we have, they still embody that heart and hustle spirit, you know. The the Terrence right. Ross, MCW's, uh, James Ennis is, is probably the most grittiest guy that we have on the team. So he's unless you're gonna replace him with someone that's even grittier. I mean, I feel like he's you know, you don't get rid of your enforcer. Um, um he's so I, great I, example. yeah, I, I think the, the vets that we have they're they're a good group. Um now Waltman in his interview he didn't mention that they'll they'll keep an eye on on free agency and they plan to go um they plan to be aggressive on whatever free agents are considered to be the the best fit. Now in that interview he also mentioned that um you know after the off se- or when the off season started they kind of kicked everybody out. So everyone to stay away from the Orlando Magic, stay away from <laughs> NBA. I want you to be out for at least 2 weeks and then we can come back and and kind of regroup. Um, And primarily that was kind of it sounded like it was pointed towards uh, Coach Clifford Um, Mm -hmm. with such a tough season, because even Coach Clifford had mentioned that this was probably his hardest and most challenging season he's ever coached before in his entire history in in his career in coaching basketball. Um, Do you still see him as the head coach of the Orlando Magic for next season? There's been a lot of talks, Um, a a lot of a lot of the fan base, they're kind of. You know they they're they're looking for a new voice, um, and it's it's been tough. Cliff didn't sign up for this. He signed up for for a playoff team, and you know that's obviously not not what he got after building the team to finally get there.
1: Um, I think he should be there next year. Um, you know, I don't know, if, like you know, I don't know how, what that's like. I I honestly don't see why Jeff Wellman wouldn't want him there unless Clifford is just upset with his you know with how things went last year trading away his like top veterans and like just you know him being in a place where he has to teach guys you know how to play you know in a sense um so if Clifford's on board I think you know that's great because he's a great coach for like this kind of team that needs to like learn habits learn discipline um you know my only issues with, with Clifford are you know you know, just the way he runs his players, like, minutes-wise. But I don't really know till this day if that's a product of Clifford and his rotations or the medical staff and what they ask from him. Um, I don't know. Um, That's one. And the other thing would be when he plays vets over young guys. Um, But I don't think we're going to have that problem. And, and in fact, I think the opposite uh, will happen, which is, like, when you have a bunch of young guys, the young guys are just gonna have to outplay the young guys. You know what I mean? Like it's not like anyone's taking your spot. You know, you're just gonna have to prove why you should be playing over the other twenty-two-year-old. It's not like the seasoned vet who's 29 is gonna come and take your spot. Um, so I think it's good. I think he'll make you earn playing time is basically what I'm trying to say. And um, you know, I I, I hope he's here next season. I think he's a good coach for this team. Unless, you know, which I don't foresee this happening, I think all the players respect Clifford um you know unless there's a situation where like the team is turned off from him and wants a new voice but i don't see that happening uh, i don't see that happening i think he, all these guys really want to win i don't think anyone's out here just like not wanting to hear what they did wrong um i think they're all pretty receptive to them
2: yeah I, th- I think that that's kind of the debate that we've been having me in the last few episodes you know kind of kind of how do we move on do we do we follow that again one thing with the magic historically has been we move on from a lot of coaches, right? Through this rebuild is we give him one year, two years, then we kick him out. So Cliff mm-hmm. been here three years now. The question is still, do you make do an extension? And that's kind of where they're at right now. It's, it's not only next season, it's do we extend them past that? Um, and I, I will guarantee you that any coach heading into a new season would want to have a guaranteed contract beyond that season. So that's kind of what the issue, I think, in my opinion, is with the Magic right now. Um, and like you mentioned, does he want to lead a team f- filled with young guys at this particular moment? does that fit what he likes to do? Um, Mm -hmm. So I I can kind of see it from both ways. The Magic would definitely benefit from him being here simply because we need structure. We need a coach to be here longer than two to three years. It would help our team. But I can also see where it may not fit the coaching style he has and and what he wants to accomplish as a head coach. Um, So it'll be interesting. I think over the next two weeks when the players and the team coaches come back uh, from their trip or their vacations, it'll be exciting to see what the announcements come out. Is it Do we extend them or is it going to be Magic how made a decision and they move on from from the coach at that point.
1: I think I think he should get extended for like at least three years. Um, you know, I think we can cross that road in a few years from now and see how things are. Um, I mean, look, even if you get extended, you're still viable to get fired. You know, if, True. if things hit the fan. So uh, I think an extension would be good. Um, maybe take the stress off him a little bit if the team's losing a lot. You know. Uh, let him know that, hey, we understand it's not your coaching. It's just the result of the roster, uh, which he should probably already know that. But, um, you know, I think that I think you bring back Clifford, man. I think he I mean, of all the coaches we've watched, like the last, you know, since Stan Van Gundy got fired. I mean, no one Brutal. like no one makes the guys compete as much as he does. And, and we, right. we saw it. Right. So and that's what you want from these young guys. You want to get them to compete. You don't want them to be distracted. Uh, and, and get away with bad habits. So I think that's the biggest thing about Cooper that he like, hates like seeing players do what they know they're not supposed to do. And he grills them on that. And that's the best thing you could have for like, a young player.
0: Yeah. And I, I think that one of the biggest flaws and, and biggest mess ups that we had um, was during the development processes with Oladipo, and Fournier, Aaron Gordon, you know, that the young core that we had. You know, they they had so many coaches. It, there was zero consistency, different voices, different schemes, different plans that they had to learn. Um, mm-hmm. So it, it it hurts the development of those players. Um, me personally, I would love Coach Cliff back. I I hear everyone's concerns with the rotation, and you know, you brought up a really good point. Is it really Cliff? Is it the medical staff? Is it you know the front office? It, so many different things, but mm-hmm. there is some pros to that also. You know, players know when they're expected to play. And the problem with that is that when you have players playing well, then why are we taking them out the game? You know, yeah. so th- those are those are those are legitimate concerns. Um, mm-hmm. But I I don't know. I'm having a tough time handling that, and not from a front office perspective, but more from Coach Clifford um, deciding not to. Um, he already had health issues before we brought him on. Um, this is only going to add more stress. If you're going to leave a team, now would be the time to leave the team. If he doesn't want to, kind of foresee the rebuild, and truthfully, if he still has aspirations to want to keep coaching, um, no one is going to fault him for this past season, um, Mm -hmm. with his tenure for the Magic. So another team would they 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 would be interested in Coach Clifford, um, but in my opinion, the Lakers. So. (laughs) <laughs> exactly my point and you know what's crazy about that that you brought that up is that great coach Vogel won a championship with the Lakers in the bubble amazing um but if I if I remember correctly um you know a lot of the the posts or the exit interviews uh, from the Aaron Gordons and other players was the fact that they didn't feel as if you know coach Vogel held players accountable mm-hmm. um and that was a major flaw that's not the case with coach Clifford coach Clifford is like the ultimate, you know, I'm gonna humble your ass down because mm-hmm. he even with players that we thought were playing all right, you know, he would tell them straight up, you guys played terrible. There was only one yeah. player that played well today and it was Jason Randall. He'll yeah. <laughs> say stuff like that. So um, you know, I I hope he comes back. Um yeah. and I, I I do hope that, you know, health wise and and just having such a young team doesn't, doesn't discourage him. Because I th- I think that, you know, this young team really needs a voice like Coach Clifford.
1: No, I 100% agree. And I think you brought up a great point about continuity. Um, you know, uh, Markel Fultz already has been, like, in Steve Hoover's playbook for, like, what, three years now? Like, mm-hmm. you know, he, he, he's probably going to be able to contribute right away because of that. Because um, he, he knows what to do. And, you know, I think there, there's something to, uh, like, a coach being there longer than the players. Because it's like, hey, you're coming into yeah. my system you know, that's I'm true. not like, you're not introducing me to your team. Like This is essentially right. my team. You're going to play our way or, you know, it's not going to work out for you here. So and I think that's important just to have like a culture. Um, you know, look how long Eric Spolstra has been in Miami. Um, and, and, and look when like a guy like Hassan Whiteside didn't mesh with what he wanted. You know, like he was out of there and the guys who stay there all play well. You know, and they develop guys. I mean, look at Duncan Robinson and, and Tyler Harrow and, like, these guys. You know, uh, that's what we should have here, you know. this We should have, like, a culture here that where like, this is how we play. We compete. You know, you're going to get called out for your mistakes. Um, and, you know, he demands the best out of players. So, yeah, man, I, I don't think he should go anywhere.
2: I completely, I completely agree. Now, going back to the to the young guys for a second, I did want to ask you. Out of all the young guys that we have now on our roster, again, there's so many of them, right? We got Chuma, you got Cole Anthony, you got uh, RJ Hampton, all these young guys that we have now. I want to throw out there too, Markell and, and JI. Who is that? The one guy that to you personally excites you the most to have on our team?
1: Um, I think Markell's Fultz excites me the most. Um, I think I, I, just the way he plays the game. It's like um, it's like this mix of just like unselfishness, like doesn't do anything wrong almost, but also has flash, right? So like usually when guys are, are, are in that role where they're just like playing their role, like not doing too much, they're usually, you know, not, you know, they're just like boring players almost. But he's not, you know, he's running up and down the floor, you know, making great passes, getting guys, good shots, uh, but also not like trying to take over the game. Although sometimes we want him to, but you know what I mean? Like he he just fun to watch, man. I I I love the, I respect the way he plays the game, I'll put it that way. Um, you know, and I, I don't care if he can't shoot the ball yet, like it's getting there. Um and I'd say a close second is Chumo Kiki, pretty much for the same reasons. So it's just he plays unselfish, you know. He uh he plays to win. He doesn't he doesn't you could tell he does not care about his own stats. Um and I love to watch guys like that. Uh, and it's also funny how he doesn't have any facial expression. He just, like, <laughs> dumps on Andre Drummond and just, like, okay, next play. So yeah. uh, I enjoy that a lot, for sure.
2: I'm not sure if, if, you, if you guys listen to the, the T. Ross podcast today. I think he came on the new episode, and they talked about Chuma Okiki. He was their guest. And they talked about on the team, on the locker room, they compare him to Paul Pierce, Chuma, that is. <laughs> but Terrence Ross compares him to a lighter or a smaller uh, Kawhi Leonard. So I want, to get, I want to get both of you guys' thoughts on that. Do you see more Paul Pierce or do you see more Kawhi Leonard in Chumo's uh, game?
0: Yeah, that's that's tough. I I, I don't see Paul Pierce because I I just find Paul Pierce so corny. Like I, hopefully true. they're just they're <laughs> they're talking about maybe the type of play, but I really don't see similar play styles. I just find Paul Pierce corny. Um, Kawhi Leonard, I, I can see it. They're I wouldn't say that Chumo Kiki is uh socially awkward i feel like white leonard is socially awkward i think that Chumoki is just a he's a shy kid man he's he's a shy kid embracing this brand new world um his his entrance into the nba was very unorthodox where he was kind of redshirted for a year in the g league um and i'll be honest with you uh nabil i was kind of like you i i really don't pay you know much attention to the draft unless we're like in the lottery you know, this season, mm-hmm. I'm paying attention to it. Uh, but the season when we drafted Ch- Chumo Kiki, I'm like, Chumo who? Yeah,
1: same. <laughs> who, who is I think this all of us were like, what the like, heck? What? Yeah.
0: Yep. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, had, I had my, like, top five list of who I wanted us to draft. And then, mm-hmm. you know, the Magic do what they always do, and they do, like, the complete opposite of, of what you want them to, to, exactly. want them to do. Um, yeah. And when they drafted him, I'm like, man, I can't. I, what? Like, his name is, like, funky. Like, he yeah, names yeah, a kid, yeah. you know, Chumo Kiki. And, man, this dude has been uh, such a – the the level of play from Cole Anthony to Mokiki, uh, they early early um, made, made us – or made me forget, you know, that we are missing Jonathan Isaac and Markel Fultz. Obviously, we, yeah. we know that they're a big piece of it. Um, mm-hmm. But just in terms of being able to enjoy watching the game. And mm-hmm. my whole thought process of kind of where we're at right now, even with the draft – process is you know when we do get jonathan isaac and markel Fultz back just because especially with jonathan isaac we've seen so much orlando magic basketball without him due Mm -hmm. to injury that whatever and whenever they're able to get onto the court i see that as a full-on bonus and and just because we know that they have a high ceiling um that man I, i really really honestly uh believe that you know this team can be really
1: dangerous 100%. Um, I think that, you know, like, I I don't want to put, like, bad Juju on on, on Isaac, but, like, I think, like you said, this team's already pretty good, even without him playing. And when he comes back, I mean, like, Orlando, I see them being one of the best defenses in the league. I mean, Wendell Carter Jr. already has shown, like, he's a rim protector. He's not afraid to, like, you know, be physical with any center in the league you know, Chumo Kiki is like guarding, I mean, I know he was, he didn't play too bad, but when Chumo was guarding Anthony Davis, I felt like he was doing as best of a job you can. I really, really like was impressed with what I saw from him that night. And I think, I mean, I don't know what they say to each other after the game, but like Anthony Davis, like pulled him over and like talked to him after the game for a second. I'm going to guess it was like, Hey, like, you know, you weren't too bad out there. You know what I mean? Uh, I think he, I think he's respected um, as a defender and, um, you know, between him and Isaac and, and Wendell, that, that front court is, is pretty good um, defensively. Yeah. And I mean, just,
0: to, just to think that at one point, we're going to be able to see Jonathan, Isaac, and Chuma on the court together.
1: Exactly. At the same time. Yeah.
0: We're in the same uniform. Exactly. Like, yeah. This is who works.
1: Up.
0: 100%. Now, you mentioned a little bit earlier that, you know, you, you really haven't been following the 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 prospects in the draft um mm-hmm. you you know a lot of the main names and you kind of rely on magic twitter to kind of support you in that field um but you we all at least know the the top 5 everyone is saying that this is a a five man draft right um, what prospects do you like in, in a few moments we're going to do the simulation on tank on tankathon.com to kind of see where we land and then you know get to to play the general manager role for a few minutes but um what prospect do you like that you would want the magic to kind of take on
1: to be, to be honest i think anyone who for me it's like a positional kind of thing where it's like i you know who no one's gonna jump false spot for point guard right now i don't think i don't want to see that happen i'll put mm-hmm. it that way and uh i don't want to get another big man you know I'm, I'm content with what we got um and so it kind of just comes down who are the shooting guards available and it just so happens to be that Suggs and I think Jalen Suggs is, you know, guard forward, and um, Jalen Green is is a, is a guard, and Kate Cunningham, is, I mean, he's like a point guard, shooting guard, but he, he could play off the ball too. Um, we're really lucky that those three guys are like at the top of the draft, and they just so happen to all be great hits for what this team has already. So um, I, I I hope we come away with one of those guys. I've seen some, some Magic fans mention Mobley. Um, but like, I could totally see Jeff Wellman doing
0: that. Yeah, but I really I can, hope he doesn't see it. Also, <laughs> <laughs> I yeah, can that, see that, it also, and it's that's been it's, a <laughs> that's been that, an, that, a fight yeah, we've yeah, been yeah. having for the
2: last few weeks. <laughs> yeah,
0: it's been yeah. and really, if it wasn't for um, you know, seeing Wendell Carter play as well as he has, I would be mm. open to it. Just because right. you know you have your Mo Bamba concerns wendell carter solid like he's super yeah. solid and can really hold down that that five and you know you're hoping that okay so if the magic do decide to draft mobley you're hoping that he's a lot better than you know wendell carter um mm-hmm. but I, I, I can we honestly say that's going to be right away especially under coach clifford you know you uh-huh. want to be able to add an impact player now immediately right. especially with this draft and you're you, br- you bring up a really good point i you know, maybe there is a better point guard right now at this moment in the draft, but I don't want him to replace Markel. I don't want him to replace right. Cole Anthony. I'm okay. I'm satisfied. You remember when we were struggling to get a point guard and we really needed a point guard? Well, we got that. We got exactly. more than that. Leave the point yeah. guards alone. I don't want a big man either. So yeah. you know, you're you're right. We're luckily in a position where, you know, there's some really elite prospects um at that at that shooting guard position. And you know, yeah. hopefully, because um, everyone's talking about you know you gotta you gotta draft you know best player available,
1: exactly yeah. But yeah, I mean, you know, can, we, can we draft a like, good player
0: and the one that has the best fit?
1: Yeah, exactly, exactly. And, I, and like John, and not to say he's wrong, but John Hammond has said like several times because he's been here when we've had like a top five pick twice, and he's been here when we've had like a top fifteen pick, and he says you know like when you're that high in the draft, you draft best available. That's how you draft when you're later in the draft, you get, you draft positionally. And so I hope we put that aside. Um, but again, you know, like, like we we've said a couple of times now, those two things are like coinciding with best available and positional, uh, you know, are, are yeah, with guys like Jalen Suggs and Jalen Green and Kate Cunningham. They both happen to fit both those categories. So, um, yeah, man, I, I I I'd be shocked if we didn't draft one of those three. If we're lucky enough to be in that position, I've ran yeah, that, that tankathon a few times now, and and uh, man, I, I I don't know, man. Like I literally got like six and seven, like ten times in a row. I was yeah, man. Like, Aw, dude. It's, I didn't realize you know, it's, the odds are pretty even now.
0: Yeah, it's it's scary because there's been so many times, and I've lived myself to at least when they just you know once a day because if you do it more than once it's kind of cheating a little bit. you're just going to keep doing it yeah, exactly. until you, you get what you, what you like to see um exactly. but it man it's it's scary because it, there's no guarantee yet that we're going to have two picks there's no mm-hmm. guarantee something crazy could happen yeah. um where we're just hoping that with all the bad luck that we've had I think is it's time to give us a little a little yeah. baby look on our side
1: yeah, yeah I, we, I keep we, saying we deserve a good lottery luck
2: yeah, I, I keep saying uh, you know after the season that we had, all the injuries, we hosted the the bubble here in Orlando. The basketball mm-hmm. gods owe us a little something. I think this this is, this should be a good year for us. I hope because again, like you mentioned, I've done the same thing. I've I've done some simulations, and unfortunately, we end up in the sixth, seventh spot. And I'm like, man, like, that cannot happen to us. That, I mean, the worst, again, the, the there's a lot of good players in the draft, but still, no, we need one of those top three. So, hundred yeah, percent. Speaking of that, so let's let's play the simulation here real, real quick. We're, we're calling the segment Let's Play the Lottery. It's our first time okay. doing this in the show. So let me bring it up on the screen here. So here we are. So we have the tank pulled up. Magic, third best odds in the draft. So let's run it and see what happens. And then the idea here behind it is we're gonna put you on the spot and say if you're running this team, what do you do in that scenario? I'll do it. So let's simulate yeah. it here. And then
0: and then just for um just for perspective um we're going to also uh, want to go based on NBA Draft.net for the player collection where it's at so now just okay. looking at it, just press the button for those that are now watching on youtube um i'm going <laughs> to <laughs> wow this is why i only do it once a day um so we have oh. cleveland with the number one pick cleveland cavaliers again with the number one pick you got sacramento two detroit three um, is that Minnesota or is that going Minnesota to going, that going to goes Golden State? to Golden
2: State? So Golden State gets that.
0: All right. So Minnesota going to Golden State at four. We have five, Houston, and then six. The Orlando Magic select six, and then the tenth pick. So we have six and ten. Um. So what this really means, Nabil, is that Kay Cunningham off the board, immobile, <laughs> Jalen Green is off the board, uh, Jalen Suggs. Is off the board and Jonathan Cominga is also off the board. And I know that you mentioned that you only pay attention to to the the top five. Um is there anything outside of the the top five, the six through ten that really stands out to you or that you've heard?
1: Nope. And I'm gonna do all I can to package that sixth pick and that tenth pick. And Mo Bamba, and try to get in that top in that top three, man.
0: And, and you know what? That's and that's also my that's see, probably the only thing that's that's given me or allowed me to have a little piece is the way that I view the Chicago Bulls pick is that that is our security blanket, and we have enough pieces, mm-hmm. if need be, that we can include in any type of package. Now, if we didn't do that, yeah, um, yep. and friend of mine kind of put me on because I, I was the same way. I only cared about the top five because I'm so positive that the Magic are gonna have a top three pick in this draft. Um but a player that he really liked that I'm I'm starting to get, become a fan of is uh Keon Johnson out of Tennessee. So he's supposed to be the the elite shooting guard outside of the top five. Um and then if you're not familiar with Keon Johnson, um on NBA draft on net they have him as his NBA comparison um to Latrell Sprewell.
1: So I'll say this and I've I've said this before on my Twitter that like every single draft, you know, there's those guys you hype up. And like I said, like they don't don't turn out to be all that they were hyped up to be. And then you get Mm -hmm. these guys who not only become good role players, but stars. I mean, look at Steph Curry, you know, seventh pick, T-Mac seventh pick, you know, Dirk was like a, I think, sixth or or somewhere late in that eight. I don't don't remember, but um, Kobe thirteenth, uh, Clay eleventh, um, Jimmy Butler was a late first round pick. Draymond Green was a second round. I mean, the list goes like on and on and on. Giannis Mm -hmm. on Kumpo fifteenth pick, um, and so, you know, look, man, like you never know, um, that that sixth pick or tenth pick, you know, Donovan Mitchell, you know, could end up being like you know, someone that you regret passing on. So it's, it's a tough spot. And uh, if, if the Magic feel like there's someone in that, I mean, that's their job, right? They get, got these guys scouting like crazy and they'll be doing their homework at the Combine in Chicago. And, um, and um, you know, if they feel confident about someone in that six to 10 range, if this happens, uh, hopefully it doesn't. But if it happens, um, then I, I think you go with that. But if they don't, um, I think they're going to do all they can to get that to get in that top three, trying to trying to trade up. Um, and I don't think they'll be afraid to add Mo Bamba. And I think we mentioned this before on Twitter, maybe even at RJ Hampton. But since I said that, he's one rookie of the month and taken off. Uh, so no. I, I don't know. Uh, uh, I don't
0: I don't. How how do you risk that right now? We're looking at we're looking at Denver. Like, why? What? Who? Why? Whose ideal was that? Who, who gave the green light? You know, so man, it, it'd, honestly,
1: be, it'd be hard. Yeah, finessing them out, out of RJ and, and Gary for Aaron, like, you know, it's just hilarious, man. Everyone was hyping <laughs> up, like, the AG trade in their favor. And it's like, like, I literally, Aaron Gordon, no. I've never seen him get so much publicity for, like, actual basketball, not the gun contest. Like, I've just never seen it. And I'm like, yo, what happened? And you turn on the game, and he's not doing anything that crazy. He's literally just like making cuts to the basket, you know. Maybe getting a rebound, maybe hitting a corner three. I'm like, bro, he did this here all the time. And then the funniest part is that, like, like maybe like two or three, two or three weeks out from the end of the season, I, I would search like Aaron Gordon on Twitter, and dude, these Nuggets fans have literally the same complaints. I don't mean to like hate on Aaron. I, I really don't hate him. I don't I love his when he played for us. I, I don't really care what he had to say, but it just the irony of the situation is just like hilarious. Like they literally are making the same complaints that we did about how he's like taking ill advised shots and like like not letting Jokic run the offense sometimes. And so I don't know. I'm I'm happy to have RJ Hampton. He he took off last month and I think Gary Harris is a great three and D guy. So um yeah, I'm not. I'm not ready to throw those guys away. I think the only thing with RJ is just that when you talk about fit, I, I'm not sure how good he is off the ball. I think he's a guy when he has the ball, he, he's hard to guard. He he could you know dribble a little bit, he could shoot a little bit. He beats guys to the basket like every single time. Um, he's really impressive with the ball in his hands. Um, I don't know what role he has here though. That's the thing. Like if Markel's your starting point guard. And Chuma's a starting small forward, and Isaac is his power forward, and Wendell Carter is your center. Is he the starting shooting guard? Is he the sixth man off the bench? You know, I, just that role that you. And, and then imagine you have RJ, and you draft Kate Cunningham, and now Kate is like your shooting, your starting shooting guard. Well, then RJ is definitely coming off the bench. But like, you know, we don't need to necessarily like close on that. If like Cole Anthony and RJ Hampton are like your your backcourt off the bench, I mean, that's pretty good, you know? Uh, so, I don't know, it's just, it just about fit, really. And you have so many young guys, it's like, where does he go? Does he flourish here? Obviously, he was rookie of the month last month. You know, we have to factor in the fact that he got so much so much mm-hmm. uh, usage. Um, so, that that's my only question mark about him, is just can he flourish off the ball? Can he flourish not being the primary guy? That, that's the only thing I wonder about him sometimes.
0: Yeah, and I yeah, think and I, it, yeah, go
2: ahead. A, I was going to say, as a team right now, that's the issue. So, if you think about the backcourt, there's so many pieces there, right? Players that mm-hmm. can't play right away. Like, again, you don't even mention in Terrence Ross and Gary Harris, who are vets that will need minutes, right? Then yeah, you yeah. add to that, then, okay, what about the front court? Okay, you mm-hmm. got Wendell Carter Jr., Mo Bamba, Chuma, J.I. So, it's like, all right, something's got to happen to make yeah. all those pieces fit. And the, the yeah, thing, the ideal thing, the ideal thing is though, again, we have so many pieces also assets, talking about draft picks, salary mm-hmm. cap space, that we can make some moves to, to our advantage. Um, yeah. So if this scenario were to play out in the lottery, we could say, hey, take those two picks, take whatever, whether it be Terrence Ross, Gary Harris, Mo Bamba, and right. let's move up. And maybe one of those teams wants to take that package. Um, but it'll be interesting. The, the good thing is we have pieces to play with to make something right. happen.
1: Right. And I, I think it, it's definitely fair to say that it's like too early to just like trade RJ. You know like you just got him and he's playing well right and even even when you talk about like oh but you got Markel and Cole and possibly Cade or Jalen and and you know how does RJ fit into that it's like you know I think next season is going to be uh a bit of like okay show and prove who who should we keep and who should we like think about moving on from and I think you know that that's just how it goes, and we'll find out. You know, next season when we watch the games, like okay, like this guy's a keeper, and maybe this guy doesn't fit. Uh, so maybe too early to move him this summer, but I, like you just said, something has to happen. Uh, this this roster definitely has like an obvious need for a trade of some sort. Uh, there's just no way all these guys end up sticking around. I, I don't think so.
0: Yeah, and I I think that's the part that it's, it's a little it's a little scary for him because if you're adding two brand new rookies to your team after mm-hmm. a season where we had three rookies that we added, if you're adding two into the mix with RJ Hampton, Cole Anthony, you know, that's mm-hmm. a lot of, that's a lot of young players. How are you able to develop all of them? You yeah. Know, if you're adding two additional, high level elite prospects, you know, to that, to that mix. Um, so mm-hmm. it's, it's going to be interesting because you're right. So Someone's going to be the odd man out, and if that's the case, yeah, how do you okay, figure that yeah. out?
1: Yeah, let's hope we don't get it wrong this time. Uh, right, exactly. Harris, <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that, that's,
0: that, that's
1: that's the kind of stuff that like just goes through my head when I think about should we trade RJ It's like, oh my god, he's going to end up being all depot somewhere, and we're just going to have deja vu. You know, it's just and that's like...
0: and that's the story of of the Orlando Magic. How many times have we done it? History has shown that you know we tend mm-hmm. we tend to do that pretty often. You know,
1: exactly. Yeah. It's this tough, man. It's a tough spot to be in if, you, if you're grappled
0: man. No doubt. Yeah, but I, I think that we've gotten to a point, And I think that in my opinion, this this trade deadline really saved this front office, at least from a fan perspective. Um, because right, right. they really didn't get you know all any type of respect. But right. now they've put us in a position where man, we got we got assets. Like mm-hmm. to a point that if we really wanted to. If we really wanted to and things didn't go right in Brooklyn, we could probably trade for James Harden. Look what, you know, Houston got, That'd for be James crazy. you know, <laughs> yeah. we, we have enough young pieces. We have all our futures. We have you know, the great position, knock on wood for this draft that, mm-hmm. you know, the, again, we're, we're in a really nice spot. Like it's, it's a good time. And Jeff woman said in his interview, it's a good time to be, you know, a magic fan. If You're going to jump on the bandwagon, do it now we're starting while we're we're starting from scratch
1: yeah yeah no doubt doubt. i I, i'm i'm excited to be the most excited i've been uh in a while um there was something about even when we'd make playoffs uh with booch and ross and 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 gordon and forney it it just felt like you know okay well what's the end game here you know like how far can this team really go uh and i I couldn't get over that i don't think any fans could really get over that it was always a civil war on, on magic twitter about like yeah i know we made the playoffs but like you know you think this team's gonna win a championship and to be fair you know like that is that was a valid point at that time and and it really did come to you know like to be the case when trading them this 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 uh trade deadline and um yeah i'm happy to be in a new direction with with this group in particular
0: yeah for sure for sure i mean we'll see what happens man that's that's the crazy part is that you know, we end the season now, and then we got one month till we find out about the the lottery, and then the following month we have um, the NBA draft, and then shortly after, now they've announced that there's going to be some, some summer league basketball, so that's going to be really, really fun to watch. And I just yeah. want to put this out on the record that there's no chance that the Magic are not winning uh, the summer league championship. Like, there's, there's no to. chance. They have to. <laughs> no chance. I hope
1: so, man, but at the same time, I don't want to see anyone get injured, dude yeah
0: play, yeah like, true
1: but it just, that's just the nature of the game man you got to go play uh, you can't like sit out and, and rest I mean but at the same time it's like I don't really care to win the summer League championship you know what I mean so right. if it means like limiting minutes let's limit minutes um, but it's good exposure for those guys and I, and I think you got to just let them go and um, I don't know whatever the problem is with this team with and injuries I I hope whether it's bad luck Let's hope that just, you know, goes away. And if it's the medical staff, that's the problem. I hope they make tweaks. I, I hope they're real with themselves and, and look in the mirror and say, is it us? You know, like it, are we doing something? Uh, and I, I hope I hope that's the case. Because look, you never know. You shouldn't just assume that like you're right. You know, and like, oh no, it's not us. You never know. Maybe some little tweak can change things. Because the amount of injuries we had was like pretty pretty absurd.
0: Yeah, we can only yeah. blame it on on luck, so much having yeah. bad luck. That yeah, can only yeah, be yeah. someone at some point. Somebody needs to be held account- accountable. for.
2: Yeah, it. that's right. Yes.
0: Yeah, all sure. right. So now, uh, Bill, we're gonna wrap this up in just a few moments. Before we do, we want to do a, a quick fire drill. Pretty simple. Okay. I'm gonna ask you some quick questions. I want some quick answers. All right. Got it. All right. First one, Dwight or Shaq?
1: Uh. I'm going to say Dwight, just because that's who I watched when he was here. I was way too young to watch Shaq, even though I like Shaq more as a player and his, I like his, his, his personality and all that. I, it has to be Dwight. I watched him take us from the worst team in the league to the final. So it has to be Dwight.
0: I see. I agree with you. T-Mac or Vince Carter? I already know the T-Mac. answer to this
1: one. Yeah, we know the answer. You yeah, already know. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Easy. All right. Or, orange uniforms or blue uniforms?
1: Oh which 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 ones which blue ones are we talking
0: about? Uh we'll we'll go with the, with um our jerseys now.
2: The earned edition?
0: No, uh, not no. the earned. Our, our standard, our standard, our association.
1: Oh, orange, orange for sure. Although which I wish the time. orange ones were actually
0: orange. The orange. I know, I know. True. All right. Pinstripes or T mac Harn hustle starts? That's a tough Man, fight. I have yeah.
1: like an attachment to those stars, you know, uh, like insane. the pinstripes definitely look nicer, 100%. The whole league has mimicked those pinstripes, yeah. but the stars, man, I'm going to go with the stars because I, I got a connection to the stars. And I really hope they bring those back, like just for like throwback nights at some point.
0: Yeah, and they did I, a really good job with their earned uniforms.
1: They I did. love that they threw those on the sides. Yeah. Um, I wish they, they they incorporated those stars even more into those earned because those are my those are those are fly.
0: And I, I'm hoping that their earned uniforms is kind of their segue to it. Now let me ask you, yeah, would it be would it be too much if we incorporated both? Can we get the stars in the pinstripes or is that like too much going on in one one time? Too <laughs>
1: much going on for sure. Is that, too
0: much? Is, that is that is that just yeah. me? <laughs> I <think laughs> because I I'm I'm torn between the two also.
1: Um I don't know, like maybe someone gets creative with it, but it has to come out clean. You know, it can't, it can't be too much going on.
2: Yeah, that, yeah. that may be too maybe, much. Maybe <laughs>
1: if like the numbers have interest. I don't know.
0: I don't know. I got, right, I, got one, one. I got
2: one more for him before we, before we wrap up. You got one? Okay, so I got, got on one more. I got one more. Just because okay. we've debated this ourselves a few times in our podcast, so let's get another perspective. Mo Bamba or Wendell Carter Jr.? Oh, Wendell Carter Jr.?
0: Oh, come on, now.
2: I, I, we're gonna, we're gonna right. ask our Magic fans.
0: <laughs> NBA NBA Finals. Jameer Nelson, Ray Austin.
1: Oh, Ray Fawson. I own, mean that, 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 that hurts till this day. Uh, yeah, it, does.
0: Uh, it like,
1: does. I love Jameer. I love Jameer. But like, man, shouldn't have never happened. That he should have yeah. just kept that that role and he We should have just rolled with with the for man. He was he he had it going.
0: Yeah, can we go back in time? Can we just like play Ray for Austin more, Jameer Nelson less in that finals? And then can we have Corny Lee catch that <laughs> play up and kind of just finish pain, it? Pain. Pain. That, that would no, have been great. Pain.
1: pain.
0: <laughs> yeah, Nabil, thank you so much for joining us, man. It was an absolute pleasure. Um, yo, Feel free to drop your your Twitter hander your Twitter handle.
1: Your hey, Twitter follow handle. me at the underscore Lando on Twitter, man. Um, I, have, I haven't been as active lately, but like I'm always chiming in with something. So, so follow me on there.
2: Yeah. If, if you're a Magic fan, you have to follow him. So make sure that you, you go out there and, and follow him for sure.
1: Appreciate that, man. The Thanks Lando. for having me on guys.
0: It's a wrap. Thank you. Thank you for listening to the Ozone podcast, the voice of Magic fans. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at the Ozone Pod. And remember to subscribe and leave a five star review on all your favorite podcast listening platforms.